0: And welcome back to another episode of the Birth Lounge Podcast. You guys, today's episode is going to be so good for so many people because you know why? We're talking about child care options. And who doesn't need child care options when you have a baby? Absolutely nobody. We all have to have help when it comes to raising our kiddos. And especially if you or your partner or both of you are going to be working, well, outside of the home, not so much here in COVID, in your home, but you're still going to need help with your baby and today I'm so excited to be joined by my friend Carol Kramer Arsenault who is the founder of Boston Baby Nurse and Nanny and also the author of Newborn 101 which I do have and have read and share with new parents about her book. You guys, Carol is an absolute dreamboat when it comes to knowledge about how to safely place someone in your home to help you care for your baby. So Carol, thanks for joining me today and also welcome to the show. <sighs>
1: Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And I'm thrilled to be here. And hello to everyone. And yeah, let's, let's talk. Absolutely. Let's dive in. Okay. So,
0: you know, I think, first of all, when we think about caring for our babies, it is so scary to think about bringing a stranger essentially into your home to care for your baby right not to get too morbid right here off the bat but there are some real crazy people out there we hear about it on the news of course the the worst of the worst are kind of glorified and and viral right they, they circulate they scare us to death Obviously, there are wonderful nannies out there, too. We see that on, on the social media sites, too, that someone is going to college or their children are finally going to school and we're losing our beloved nanny who's been with us for eight years. Where do we find those people? So if I've just had a baby and I'm starting to think about childcare, which actually might be a little late, maybe this is a process you start in pregnancy, where do you even
1: begin Great question. Yes. Yeah. One of the most daunting tasks that a parent will face is selecting a caregiver or finding a nanny for their baby. And, you know, every parent wants to make sure that their child is safe and that they're loved and attended, but how to, how to do that, how to find that nanny can be a challenge. So my, my first go-to is always ask friends and family, put the word out there, um, you know, somebody might know someone, someone, if your friend has a nanny, so referrals, someone that you know, always always the best. Um, some people use a nanny placement agency. Like we have a Boston baby nurse. And then, you know, a lot of families, they they, they go it on their own and they look at, there are um, lots of, you know, internet-based sort of like care.com, Sutter City, these big database, um, uh, resources for parents for parents to go through. Um, so those are pre- the, like the three places I would start. I'd ask my friends, I could call an agency or I could go online and you know, look at one of these um, resources.
0: Sure, and so once you find somebody, then we're looking at interviews, right? So when we get into this interview, I guess I have two questions what do we do in this interview? Should we have them in our home to interact with our children so that we can watch them, see them, get their energy? That's what I'm inclined to do. I think I would want to see somebody interact with my baby before I let them. I mean, shoot, I had my dog walker over to make sure that they liked my dog before I trusted them to come inside my home. So I assume it's kind of the same thing. And then also, what kind of questions are we Asking in this interview, you mentioned safety and I think a lot of people just kind of assume that everyone has a focus on safety and I think you and I both know that's not true.
1: Yes, yeah yeah it is it's it's it can it can be overwhelming, uh, but you know what putting a little plan together and sort of thinking it through before diving in and thinking about okay what am I looking for right so some families not even sure what kind what is it that they're looking for so take the time for parents you know to to think about all right what do i want and you know what type of person am i looking for what am i comfortable with um learning about the the nanny's personality is so important because she's going to become part of your family and you know their personality will have a direct impact and the children. Right. So it's really important to you got to ask the right questions. And so um, there's a lot of there are a lot of nannies that you're gonna have to go through to get to your, you know, your perfect one for your family. And it starts out with screening questions. And so, you know, finding someone, uh, like you know, say you someone give you gives you a name call the person and, you know, choose five or six questions just to see if they qualify, you know, find out what their schedule is, find out their availability, find out their rates, find out if they have references and their experience. If check off all of those boxes, then the next step would be to schedule an in-home interview. So you have this big group of of, uh, potential nannies, and you're going to go from that big group to a smaller group just on the phone and then when you have you know three or four nannies that you feel like Ooh, this could be then you set up in-home interviews and then you prepare for those interviews and then you have your questions um, you may want you know make sure both your your partner is there as well, so both people can can meet with the nanny. And it's nice to have the kids there, just like with your dogs that are, right? You wanted her to meet your dog, you want them to meet the nanny.
0: That is fascinating. So you can see that I was, step- I was skipping a bunch of steps, right? I think a lot of people don't know exactly where to start when it comes to looking for childcare. I do have a question though, what would be the difference between a nanny and an au pair?
1: yeah so an au pair typically is a young woman uh 18 you know between 18 and 26 who come from another country to learn or practice you know a new language um and they come to your home they live in your home in exchange for child care um they usually live in the home they can care up to uh I think two children, 45 hours a week, or something like that. And they usually stay only one year, um, but they cannot get an extension to stay for two. Uh, unlike nannies, au pairs usually do not do um, like cooking, uh, light housekeeping, or anything like that. Um, you have to be very careful when you, um, you know, look at nannies. I'm sorry, au pairs um, primarily because the not all of them are, you know, coming to the United States because they want to be with your children. So making sure that they do have the motivation, you know, to take care of the kids, but, you know, it's, it's, it's someone from another country and, um, you know, they're here to explore a new world. So you want to make sure that their primary job is taking care of the kids.
0: Yeah, I think that's true for anybody that you let in your home, right? We touched on it at the beginning that there are some really crazy and scary applicants out there. And so knowing who is in your home and their motivation is uber important. So if a family didn't feel confident in their skills to maybe pick or interview or even find a nanny, maybe they have tried and they weren't successful. Can you step us through the process of using an agency? What does it look like to find an agency? What does it look like to work with an agency? And what kind of, I guess, insurance do you have that their quality of care uh you know is kind of attached to the agency that you're using how would you know if you're using a good quality agency or one that again may not be the best
1: yeah that's a great question absolutely great question uh and there's sort of two parts to that um so i'm going to answer that by saying that going through an agency doesn't guarantee you a great nanny right this is when it comes to child care, we have to do our homework. And if we plan to go through an agency, we need to really look at that agency and we need to do investigating and research. Um, why would someone use an agency? Well, it's a lot of work to vet a nanny. Right. And so if we two parents are busy and they're working, it's calls and it's setting up interviews and. You, it's a lot of work, so some families give this, uh, take this um, job, and ask the, the agency to help them find a placement. And you know, when we first just started out, that not all agencies are created equal. So please, if anyone is you know really thinking about using an agency, make sure it's qualified. So with COVID, over the last you know couple of years, uh, almost um, two years. The childcare industry has been just crazy, right? It's in the news. Um the childcare workers are asking, you know, their rates have gone up. We've seen childcare workers come around for 30 40 $50 an hour. I mean, it's 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 been really tough for parents, people jumping in the bandwagon and then agencies popping up wanting to make you know money. So first make sure that if you're going to use an agency that the agency has been around you know websites can look beautiful but what's behind it speak to the people take the time you don't want to just do this quickly and you have to really be careful speak with the owners speak with the how long have they been in business who do they work with right and make sure that there's a way that if it doesn't work out, you can get your money back. Cause it's not, it's not cheap, right? There it's, there's a price to that. So, you know, first just making sure that you're working with a, a qualified agency. Um, and then the, the agency does everything for you. So I can't speak, I can speak for Boston baby nurse. When we have a a parent that is looking for a nanny, the process takes about it could take anywhere between four weeks and 12 weeks. And um, we, we, that close to, um, for every, so we did a little research, um, some of the statistics for every 15 nannies that we uh, speak with, we get one that's qualified. Yeah, it's 15 to one, that's a, it's unbelievable. So so it's 15, you know, like resumes, we looked and we find one and um, we meet in, well, meet in person. With COVID, there was a short period of time where we had to do Zoom, but it's in person. It's go through three tiers of interviews before we send it to the parent, send the person to the parent. So with an agency like Boston Baby Nurse, they will have maybe two, three, four nannies. That's it. And all of those nannies will meet the criteria. And the toughest thing for parents is like, which one is best? Like they like them all, right? They just can't figure out. So so, so that's kind of the nice thing about going through an agency. A lot of the work is done for you, but you still have to be yeah, you have to be on guard right It doesn't matter. Um, it's a little bit easier but it's still not uh, you know a guarantee.
0: Are there any red flags for agencies that parents might need to look out for that you know if you're starting to see x, y, and z maybe this agency isn't a good fit for you
1: Yeah i would I, I, I think like looking at how many years that they've been in business and what are their credentials? And anyone can say, I'm an I'm an expert in placement, but you know, it's hard to qualify that. So to really, you know, get referrals, look at the Google root, look at the reviews, get referrals of families that have used them, like do your homework. This is not something that you want to skimp on.
0: Yeah, or take lightly, okay, so let's go along those same lines references, background checks. Where's the responsibility lie? Parents should absolutely be doing background checks on these people. Is this something that you put on your nanny to provide your, themselves? Is it something that the parents should ask the nannies for, but they then pay for it or reimburse them? References. Should parents really take that kind of stuff serious? Do you really want to reach out to their references? Talk us through kind of vetting these people
1: yeah yeah so you know again if you're going through an agency we do all the vetting um we've contracted with a a background check company that is state of the art they use artificial intelligence they check like social media it's awesome like they really do their work um and it's expensive but you know like we we switched to this particular company um because we were finding that the social media is very telling and there have been you know like what people post you know things like that um we weren't um checking that as much you know we were checked doing the criminal the driving record and um you know a few things ended up coming back around to us like, Hey, this, this person has this side job, um, every, you know, like the background check was great or references were great. And so for, so, so we use this agency now that does like a little more extensive background check. And, um, and then it has a detailed report that we share with the parents. Um, so we do the criminal and all all that. And if there's any mark we don't parents don't we don't even send them um but as far as you know the social media we'll let them know what the com- what this company found and some people be like nope that's a deal breaker for us and some be like yeah that's fine i don't you know so really you know it depends so in terms of the the background check so when you go with the agency like we check the references we do the background check and then we provide the family with all of that information. So if a nanny gives us um, a reference of Mary Jones, I worked with this family for a, a year, and so we'll call Mary Jones, and we get all the information, we write it down, and we then we send it to the family. So now the family will say, okay, Mary, and she'll re- they'll read it. I encourage them to call, right? Just to make sure, because I could have written anything down, Right, I don't, I, I want parents to make sure. So, so some families will call the references even after we've checked them, right? So it's like a double check. Um, really important, most important thing is to, to call those references and check the references. And if something doesn't feel right, trust your gut. Um, I've had some you know, some of my recruiters, you know, have driven by the address that the nanny provided them with as a reference and have found out there's no house there. There's like the address, you know, so so you really have to do your homework. And, you know, for the most part, it doesn't happen a lot. So it's not, you know, we're talking about, you know, occasionally, but it doesn't matter when it's your kids, you really have to be really careful. If you're not using an agency, how do you do that, right? Anyone can run a background check or you can have the nanny have the background check run and then she'll, she'll she'll give it to you um there are also agencies so like at boston baby nurse for example if someone is doing their own placement and they just need help with the background we'll help them do the background check you know so and then so i, I don't know if all agencies do that i think for, right, for ours we charge forty dollars and we just give the people you know we give our, our families the report um, so the background check can be either done by the agency or the family. But you know, if a family is working with an agency, you still want to make sure that the references you know are legitimate. Um, and then, if you're doing it on your own, you know, get three, four, or five references. And it's hard to contact people are busy, you know. But like, do persist persist um, because it's very telling what someone else says about you know, the former nanny. That's huge.
0: I also find that nannies that were really good, the families that are their references, they actually want that nanny to succeed and go to more homes. And so they're going to call you back. It's always a red flag for me when your references don't call back. I'm like, why is this person not calling me back to brag on their friend or to brag on their last employee or to brag on their last nanny? It always is a red flag to me. Um, I, of course, ask for another reference, which I think that is, you know, you can absolutely do that. But if you continue to get references that don't call you back, Certainly red flag that.
1: Yes. Ex- great point. Absolutely. In fact, that reminded me of last week we received um, an email from a client that we placed of uh, nanny, the family that we placed a nanny with a year ago and the family no longer needs her. The mom sent an email saying we loved her. We no longer need her, but if you please try to place her, she's amazing. So you're right. When we get emails like that, it's like, oh, we got a good nanny.
0: Absolutely. I think there's something to be said about, and you touched on it earlier, they actually are integrated into your family, right? These people become part of your family. You grow to love them and want them to succeed as well. So speaking of them being part of your family, let's talk about the practicality of like actually integrating these people into your home. Um, We talked about an au pair and a nanny and how they, you know, an au pair will live with you and a nanny doesn't so much, but there are things as live-in nannies, that is a job. And also, I guess we have questions about should we add the nanny to our insurance? Do we offer them an insurance stipend? Should we uh, provide them with a car? Do we need to add them to our car insurance? What does that look like for your average family when it comes to actually integrating your nanny into your home? What's What are those kind of boundaries? Where do most people fall? And then what are the parameters of like, but you could do this if you wanted to?
1: Right. Um, all great, great, great questions, and so I, most families have a contract. It doesn't have to be anything fancy or you know very complicated. It's just a simple contract um, that says you know these are your hours, this is your responsibility. So you have something in writing that's tangible. So the expectations on both sides are aligned. Right. There's no, we don't want the parent to have, you know, thinking the nanny's going to do X, Y, Z. And the nanny's thinking she's going to do ABC. It's not going to work out. So the first thing is just put it put it down on paper. Have a simple contract. You can get them online. You can download them. No charge. There's you know many. There's lots of different ways to get nanny contracts and you can make it um, with the word I'm looking for. You can um, tailor it to fit your specific needs. So once you, you know, you have the, the contract, um, it it talks, the contract states the hourly rate, right? You want to, what's the nanny's hourly rate, which is, you know, you want to be competitive. And right now the rate is anywhere between 25, 30, $35 an hour. Yeah, it's, yeah, 20, and, you know, three years ago, if someone asked me what's the average rate, hourly rate for a nanny, I would have said 15 to 25, and now it's easily 25 and up. Um, so that's that's the rate. And just to make sure that you know you're on the same page, the other thing is there's um, overtime. So in the state of Massachusetts, a nanny um, is paid overtime for any hours over 40. So that adds up. Yeah, that's and um, so that's that's a state law. And the nanny is the employee of the family. So the family is responsible for um, paying the nanny the weekly pay taxes, payroll taxes. Now there are payroll companies that a a family can can work with. they're easy there, you could, you know, Google and find two or three payroll companies or you can do payroll on your own. Uh, but the, the the nanny is an employee and um, the state has laws that um, apply to the nanny's, her income, making sure that she gets, you know, like I mentioned, the overtime, vacation, sick pay. Um, so all of those things go into her, her contract. And, you know, you can download a basic contract and it will have um, those requirements on it. It's important that you know that the nanny feels like she is being paid well because it's your kids. So you know, an extra dollar or two sometimes it's just it's it's worth it in the long run. Um, you know, an extra vacation day or a sick day, right? It's like we have to pick our, uh, I guess what what, are, what what is it that we're willing to, to negotiate on a little bit. and um, so yeah, it's so it's not a, it's not an, a, a, an easy process by any means. Um, but there are lots of resources online and you know that parents can follow. Um, but it, it, you do need that the, a contract is definitely something I would recommend.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a fine dance between the family and the nanny. And if there's an agency in there, it seems like maybe it's a fine dance between the three of them where you kind of find this happy medium. And you know, you talk about their employees of the family, treat your employees well and they'll come back and treat you well, right? And, and you nailed it. These people are not treating you, they're treating your kids. And so if you need to offer them $1. fifty more an hour, then that's worth it for sure, always. Yeah. Okay, so I do have questions about if you place someone and you find that they're not a good fit for your your family, you hire them, you thought you were going to love them and then this just hasn't really turned out to be like what we thought it was going to be. Where do you go? How do you have that conversation with your nanny. And is this something where maybe you should give them some time to work on it? Are you as a family expected to kind of give your nanny, you know, in the corporate world, we'd call it like a action improvement plan, you know? Are you expected to give your nanny some of this time to kind of learn your family and give them a learning curve? Or is it something where you kind of figure out, all right, this person isn't a great fit for our family they got to go. How does that typically work? Is it like, you know, the sooner they're out, they're better. Or, you know, if you can kind of mold this person, it would work out long-term.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, great question again. And I think, you know, there's, there's there's a couple ways to look at that. Um, when an agency is involved in the placement, like for, for us, for example, we talk to the nanny and we talk to the family and it's, um, Communication is like the most important thing in any any really any job, whether it's you know in a a, a business or um, working in the home, and it is real important for the family to communicate with the na- with with the caregiver with the nanny. And sometimes it's a little more difficult for the nanny to communicate with the family. Let me give throw something out uh, an example out there. Um, Nanny, let's call her um, Heather, is supposed to start her job at eight, but she shows up at 15 one day and 8.20 the next day and 8.10, you know, and uh, my, it's like the fourth day in a row and mom's, she's got to go to work. She doesn't want to get Heather upset and she doesn't, maybe it's just a tough week. So the recommendation is just, Right away, if there's an issue, just bring it up in a in a very casual manner. Heather, it's been three days. I have to be out the door by eight, and you've been late. Is there anything going on that I should know about, or is just... I my I can't be late for work? So I, I just want to find out: is there anything that's changed? Heather can say, "Oh, um, I don't have my car this week, so I'm taking." public transportation. And then mom will say, oh, okay. Okay. I really need you to be there at eight, but I understand it's tough. Thank goodness. Monday, you'll have your car back. So like, that was an easy way, right. To kind of, now the nice thing is that Heather, the nanny had an interaction with the mother. So now if Heather has an issue with the mom, she's going to feel like, oh, Well, the mom spoke with me, right? So now I can talk to her about what I don't like. And, you know, it could be something, you know, maybe the mom's coming home late, right? So communication right right at the beginning and, and texting and like people are afraid to communicate. And it's much better to do it right at the beginning. And you establish a relationship that way. If things go on for weeks and weeks, we start to create this perception in our mind and we start to have resentment, right? And and that's not a good thing. So communicate right away. And if it's truly not a good fit and it's just not working out, the nanny's probably not happy either, right? But in all of the contracts that, that I've seen, there's a clause you wanna make sure that if for some reason this doesn't work out, that either party can terminate. Um, you know, the contracts usually say a month notice. Uh, but the thing is, it's different with a nanny relationship, You know, because if you know that it's not gonna work, you don't wanna labor with your kids for another month, right? So the nice thing to do would be to compensate her and then just to, you know, cut the ties. Um, If you go through an agency, they can replace, they usually do a replacement. Um, if, If not, then sometimes, you know, just starting over again and, you know, learning like what it was, but not to hang on to someone if your instinct's telling you something's not right, right?
0: Definitely. I mean, and you guys are used to hearing that. Follow your gut, right? If it doesn't feel aligned with you, then it's probably not the right choice. I didn't think about this, Carol, but I love that you bring it up. If you guys aren't happy, then probably your nanny is not either. We know that by if you're not happy with your nurse during labor, they probably are not happy giving you you know care. They probably are miserable too. If you're not jiving with a person who's caring for you or your family or your child, chances are they feel that as well. Okay, so my last question here is we've kind of talked you know here and there about COVID and, and this and that, but pretty general, we've talked kind of overall nanny stuff. What can we expect... The impacts of COVID to be on childcare and nannying, kind of going forward. Um, you know, has anything changed where families might need to pivot or have things pretty much kind of bounced back because childcare is so integral in our in our homes that we really can't live without it.
1: So yeah, the pandemic has has absolutely changed um, has changed things. Um, it's made it more challenging to find caregivers. I guess the whole idea of COVID and, and having someone in your home and how to navigate the COVID-19 requirements with your nanny is is something that is new for parents, right? Like, is it even legal to ask my nanny to get the vaccine or is it can I ask her to what her status is? You know, so navigating, you know, the, the childcare with COVID has, it's all new. And, you know, the, the, the the answer is yes, it's perfectly legal to have that discussion um, with your nannies. Families have every right to request that a nanny be vaccinated if that's what they want. Um, It might feel like an invasion of privacy, but um, anything that can directly affect the fam- fam- your family's health is 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 valid. Um, and if the current nanny um, does not follow the family's request for vaccination, which has happened, um, so the current nanny decides not to comply and get vaccinated, then the family can has you know every right to terminate that um, that relationship and you know, just making sure that the nanny is up to speed and understands how not to spread the, the virus, very, like very important. And, um, they even, you know, going through an agency, we have a training that the nanny goes through, but regardless if, if a family's hiring a nanny without an agency, like understand the COVID, um, you know understand how the spread of covid and what you want the nanny to do like some families have said to us we want we don't want a nanny that has any children because we're afraid of covid or you know we 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 want a nanny that doesn't live with a lot of people like on like we've had families say we want a nanny that lives alone and will social distance and you know and wear a mask and all these things and so it's it's been interesting you know, trying to match people with the right, with with the right nannies, but that COVID has really changed a lot of things. So we've got like the whole disease and the virus piece of it, but then the other part is the dynamic of daycare, daycare centers, family daycare centers, like those have all changed. They're not at capacity. Um, A lot of the employees at the daycare centers are leaving so that they can take private nanny jobs and make more money. Yeah, so it's been tough. It's been tough for families because the centers that are open have limited availability. And so a lot of families are looking for um, um, in-home childcare whereas the daycare center option was so popular but they just don't have the space anymore. And um, the smaller family in home daycares, again, a lot of those people either are closing shop or um, taking private jobs. So we're finding, we have a lot of families looking for nannies. And because the parents are working, a lot of them still remotely, they need someone in the home. Even if the kids are in school, right like if someone's sick they need backup so these poor families they they have the 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 school and then they have a part-time nanny and then a part-time babysitter lined up because of all of these unknowns it's 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 been tough it's been tough with families with quarantining and um but it's you know important that we screen everyone and that we have a backup system, like it takes a village. So grandparents, friends, you know, like nanny shares, um, you know, two or three families kind of pulling together and sharing resources, you know, so I've seen some great, great things and, you know, people pulling together and helping each other out as well.
0: It does feel like our lives have been kind of piecemealed in these last two years since COVID hit. Um, But like you, I'm super excited to see the village kind of rise up and support one another and humans kind of come together and figure out how do we get through this by leaning on one another sharing resources asking questions um you know being flexible with our neighbors so okay before we go i want to hear about your book so i would like for you to share a little bit about newborn 101 and then also if someone was interested in um working with you how would we do that how would they connect with you
1: Great, yeah. So, newborn one hundred and one is, gosh, I'm excited to say that it was. It won Mom's Choice Award, and it's also won the Napa Award. Yeah, which is nice. It has a lot of good info, and you know, I worked in the hospital for so many years, so based on actual stuff, right? It's like what happens in the hospital. So, I think it's a really good resource. Um, the fourth trimester is like my favorite time those first three months with a newborn. So there's lots of good information about that as well and about finding a nanny. Um, our website bostonbabynurse.com. Um, there are a lot of agencies that sound Similar. So you want to make sure it's bostonbabynurse.com. Our name is Boston Baby Nurse and Nanny. And um yeah, we we have lots of different services and we are available to support new and expecting parents. We love that. That's what we do.
0: Hey, well, you guys can see why Carol and I get along so well. And you guys, if you're looking for a nanny, I really can't think of a better resource than Boston Baby Nurse and Nanny. Again, You don't even have to be using their services to kind of tap into their knowledge. They'll run the background checks for you. Carol and her team will answer the questions. You can follow them on social media. You can grab her book. There are tons of resources to help you and your family find the perfect match to find that safe and compassionate care for your kiddos to help you actually make your life a little bit smoother in postpartum. Carol, thank you so much for being here with me today and to all of our listeners, Thanks for you guys for showing up for us too. I will see you next week in another episode. Until then, take care. Hey there, just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast. Side effects may include educated adults, informed decision-making skills, and consensual care. Tranquility by Hee and the Birth Lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast. The birth parent deserves all the credit.